0: Welcome back to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I'm Jens Nelson. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's Church. On today's Friday Christians of History episode during the month of May where we're talking about martyrs, Jensen is bringing us a... An episode about somebody who I have literally never heard of, St. <laughs> yeah. Sebastian, I believe. Yep. So go ahead and take it away.
1: Yeah. I mean, prior to doing the the research and the reading on this episode, I also had not really ever heard of St. Sebastian. I think maybe I've seen some things that relate to him a little bit, but we'll we'll get to some of that. But um, it's I think it's good to say at the outset that St. Sebastian is the patron saint of soldiers, of athletes. And of those who desire a saintly death. Um, so if you're any of those three things, this is your patron saint. Um, but but Saint Sebastian, we'll just call him Sebastian, maybe Sebas for short, uh, was born around AD 256. Uh, so so pretty early in, in you know in the the church's history. Um really nothing is known about Sebastian's youth or at least very little other than the fact that he may have come from southern France or I mean it probably was called Gaul back then um and that he was educated in Milan. Um those are really the only things we know about his his youth, his younger days. Um actually I mean almost nothing is even historically certain about his life except that he was a Roman martyr. And is then venerated in Milan, um, even in the time of St. Ambrose. And um, I don't know, just kind of crazy. Like there's there's very little that we we actually know about him. So some of the things that are going to be here could be a little bit, you know, fanciful history, could be historically accurate. It's hard to say. Um, but just like we talked about with the, the martyrdom of Polycarp, um, sometimes that's not necessarily the point. Um, uh, but we thought we'd cover it anyway because it is just pretty interesting. Uh, but really, devotion to him. So again, you know, some of this like patron saint type stuff um, spread rapidly, and he's even mentioned in several martyrologies as early as AD three fifty. So about a hundred years after he um, would have been born, he was already you know being talked about. So uh, according to legend, again, he was born in Gaul. Uh, he went to Rome, and in about two eighty three, uh, he joined the army. Uh, of Emperor Carnus or Car Carinus, uh, Sebastian distinguished himself. He he was a great soldier, very good, um, you know, in this army, in this military. Um, and for his excellent service, he was promoted to serve in the Praetorian Guard to protect Emperor Diocletian. Um, so you know, he he made his way up the ranks. Uh, he he served very valiantly and is now a guard that is protecting the emperor. Um, It is thought that Sebastian entered the army initially because it was really only there in that, you know, in that arena, so to speak, in this workforce that he could assist the Christians that were facing persecution without arousing too much suspicion. And to me, it seems like that'd be the other way around. Like if I was especially working in the, you know, the guard, I feel like maybe I would be under a a bigger microscope maybe you know maybe on the radar a little bit more but but who knows but while serving on the guard uh Marcus and Marcellian, who were twin brothers were imprisoned for refusing to make public sacrifices to the Roman gods and basically the the brothers were deacons in their church and during their imprisonment their parents visited them so these two boys their parents come and are like hey uh we're imploring you, please renounce your faith. We want you to live, um, renounce Christianity. Um, but however, however, St. Sebastian heard about this, and St. Sebastian convinced both parents to convert to Christianity. So these these two Christian boys who are in prison, the parents who are pagans come to say like, hey, renounce this crazy faith you're having. St. Sebastian's like, you know what? I have another thought. How about you convert, uh, basically, and it's, it's also said that during this time, several other prominent individuals, including uh, a, lo- a local prefect, also uh, were converts to Christianity. Uh, but, you know, some time passes. And again, I think under a little bit of a microscope because of, you know, his position. Uh, he was found out and brought before Diocletian. And this is where it gets really interesting. Uh, he's delivered over to archers. Um, so he's delivered over to you know people with bow, bows and arrows to, to be shot to death, basically. Um, so he, he's bound, I think, to like a tree. Uh, the, the archers take aim and his body is pierced with arrows, and he was basically left for dead. Uh, but he was found still alive, uh, barely alive, hanging on for his you know last couple of breaths. Uh, but he was rescued and eventually healed by Saint Irene of Rome. Um, so yeah, he, he recovered, he, he got better, uh, but he refused to flee. So instead of running away, instead of going off into hiding, he survives what would have been his first martyrdom. And, um, instead of, again, instead of fleeing, he takes up a position where he knew the emperor was likely to pass by pretty frequently. And so as you know, it says on this, in this historical account that one day the emperor did pass by. Um, And so he basically denounced him for his cruelty to Christians um, while also calling him to repent of his many sins. Um, So obviously Diocletian was probably like, yo, I thought I killed you, man. I thought like we put arrows through you. Um, So this time the sentence of death was carried out. So he's like, I'm not I'm making sure this guy doesn't come back. Uh, So Sebastian was beaten to death with clubs and they, they beat him and beat him until they knew that he was dead. And then his body was thrown into a sewer to basically just be left to, to decompose. Um, But again, he was found by another pious woman who actually dreamed that Sebastian told her to bury his remains near some local catacombs. Um, So basically that's what she did. She, she went, found his body And uh, buried him, and it's believed that today um, some relics, um, his body, uh, is still in the Basilica of uh, of San Sabastino, Saint Sebastian, I believe, like in Italian. Um, And apparently, during the Middle Ages, it was pretty common for many people to actually like take pilgrimages, you know, to this Basilica or whatever. Um, So it's It's really fascinating. this is it's a, his life, again, if this is if this is historically accurate, is very uh, peculiar, very perplexing. The way that he dies, he almost has two martyrdoms in a way. I mean, he's technically killed two pretty gruesome ways, one of which he survives. Um, but later on, like much uh, I, I mean, I mentioned that like a hundred years later, he's already being talked about. but like several hundred years later, he almost has like a <laughs> interest in his life is like resurrected. Um, because it's believed that Saint Sebastian, as a patron saint, um, was a defense against the plague. So the bubonic plague, the Black Death, uh, it's believed that um, that he offered some sort of help and assistance to those who were enduring that. And this helped to, you know, bolster his reputation, so to speak, um, which is why in the late Middle Ages, so many people wanted to take that pilgrimage to see his his relics um but according to records basically um people say that you know he was invoked to protect and defend the city of rome against the plague in 680 Um, and his association with the plague um, could be because he survived being shot full of arrows and apparently in in more pagan beliefs uh, pestilence, plagues, you know, these things that would, you know, take over a community were delivered by arrows shot by the gods above. Uh, so it kind of makes sense that for Saint Sebastian, like he got hit with those arrows, he got hit with the pestilence, but he endured. And so it was believed that as the patron saint, that like, if we, you know, if we pray to him, he'll, he'll, you know, work on our behalf. Um, so even Christians, uh, who maybe had a Roman, you know, connection to Roman thought, Roman philosophy, could at least appreciate and understand the symbolism of that um and this is where maybe people have seen some of saint sebastian uh this symbolism of the the plague of being shot with arrows is captured in a lot of artwork as late as the renaissance where artists were actually painting plague victims with black arrows in their bodies um so again sort of paying homage to saint sebastian um but it's really interesting. It's really fascinating. I, I also, there's a there's a little segment I read actually about his relation to like LGBTQ type theology as well. And it has to also do with getting pierced with the arrows and being um, some of the symbolism of like, you know, taking personal attacks and um, living a life with, um, you know, sort of in, in secret in some ways. But um, apparently uh, the LGBTQ community in a way identifies substantially with St. Sebastian. Um, so I thought that was at least worth noting and interesting as well. Um, but again, maybe some of his life was a little bit fable. Maybe it was a little bit fantasy or maybe it was true. Maybe he really was shot with many arrows and lived to, uh, be eventually beaten with clubs. Um, but the the fact stands that, you know, uh, regardless, it seems like he, he lived a, a, a noble life, uh, one where he, um, you know led people to the lord uh was faithful even working for an emperor like diocletian and um yeah that's 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 saint sebastian in a nutshell awesome yeah man
0: well thank you for tuning in today and listening to this episode of the doxology podcast If you'd like to connect with us, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast, or you can shoot us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, future episode ideas. We're always looking for suggestions for Christians of history, but really any suggestions or or thoughts that you have, we'd love to hear. Um, And until next time, we'll see you.